Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line, hanging in there barely by a thread, is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. (laughs) Okay, turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) That was quick. Let's get to point one. Well, we're not done yet. We haven't hit the hook. It doesn't matter. It's auto-tune. <laughs> He's going to leave. <sighs> all right, that was Young horrible. Pinch on YouTube. <laughs> that's all you could find? <laughs> we looked for some bad stuff. I mean, come on. I channel. mean, everything else I thought was pretty good. So I was like, no, we got to have That is a- literally a 0.1. Wow. Wow. New record. I only give it the point one because they actually put effort into singing it, even though it was clearly all auto-tuned with fake instruments. <laughs> we can't all have winners here, okay? We have to put the bad nope. ones in too. Next week you'll get a good Listen, one. You'll get a I good am one. a lifelong musician and performer, and yeah. I will fucking call out someone that sucks straight up. And a family of musicians. Yeah, because your brother's your brother's stuff was pretty awesome on drums. My brother is unbelievable. He's, he is that kid. Awesome. He plays every instrument and sings. Yeah, that was yeah. Their stuff. new single is hot shit. What is it, Brent? Oh, um, Phil would know more than I would. I yeah, what is it? I'm on cold meds. Uh, uh, the song is called "Pardon." The band is called God's Eyes. Yeah, go if check you like it out heavy on YouTube. Music, it's for you. It's, yeah, we're talking heavy shit. Yeah, legit, it's like legit heavy shit. Legit. So. All right, if I sound really kind of off today, it's because I'm sick yet again. I don't know what's up, but my genetics must be weak because you uh, have a kid. That's what's up. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll, I didn't want to blame it on him. I wanted to blame walking it walking cesspool. He's. Dude, I hope you die. <laughs> he's he literally goes to public school, so it's a, it's just a petri dish. It's just a bunch I of mean, psychopaths and and diseased children. That's, that's what public is. school is. Yeah. We should homeschool him. So this time of year, I'm usually sick with whatever the hell he brings home, and yeah, I feel like I've got like COVID without COVID again because I can't breathe. So it makes he doesn't get sick, but you do. Yeah, He's he just was, a passenger, a messenger. He was sick. He had a fever and stuff, but like kids wow. don't get affected by illness at all. So if my voice goes at any time, that's why. So yeah, that's why I sound worse today, as opposed to any other day, I suppose. Anyway, you're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. I know. I feel like that guy. I feel like I have the worst. I have the most like st- stereotypical smoker's cough going on, and I'm like, I don't even do that. Oh, so if you hear me clinking around a cough drop or something, that's that's why. So that's your uh, warning for the beginning of the episode. But we usually start our episodes off with personal updates. Brent's sick and dying, and building a race car. <laughs> there it is. Sorry, I don't have a mute button on this damn thing. I can't reach it, so my bad. Fill us in. 
Okay, I'll go first because I don't think Phil. Oh wait, Phil got into a race car. We should probably defer to him again. Well, I was going to end strong because I have nothing, so you can just tell me to fuck off. Uh, then, we could if we wanted yeah, to. Fair. And then you guys can go. Phil actually did something. Yeah, I di- I didn't suck for once. He's an actual racer amongst the three of us. Holy shit! Well, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. The South is conducive to racing because of warm weather. Right. The North was right to take it from the South. Right. <laughs> Rightful let, northern let, clay. Let Brent go first. He can he can share all his updates and then I'll share mine. Okay, I was sick again. And um yeah. <laughs> no. I uh finally put out another video. YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason if you're really interested in doing that. Um what the hell did I do in that video? I I went through the rear end. I made sure yeah. that it wasn't falling apart because I thought it was, but it definitely wasn't. Made sure that was good. Did my inspections because uh, apparently it's just a little bent. No, it's not bent. Yeah, the the one in the car is not bent. It's straight. Right. That's good now. Yeah. This is not working for me. I cannot talk with a cough drop. Sorry, everyone, but this is just not working. I'm just gonna Put tough it, it out. Your tongue. I tried. It's gonna. It screws everything up. I can't do it. All right. I'm just gonna have to tough it out. Uh, okay. So I went through that. And I finally put all the uh, nuts and bolts in it because they were just kind of hanging there in the ether and not even secured in the car. So that's a good thing to have, you know, secured parts in the car. That's good. So I went and I did that and I hooked up the brake lines and bled the clutch out and did all my brake bleeding and stuff. So basically I'm sitting at the point right now with the car that I just have to put it on scales, get the weight right, put some decals on it and do a tune up. Maybe a little bit of duct work to the to the radiator, but that's about nice. it. I mean, we're getting there. I mean, we have like uh, what? It's almost two and a half. It's like a little less than three weeks right now. Yeah. So we're on pace, you know, to be there on time. And I did put in for the days off at work already, so I was ahead of the curve there. Now, if I could at least get my taxes done, that would be great because I keep forgetting to do that. But that's not racing related, so who cares? Um, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know if any of the changes are going to work or not, but, you know, we'll know when we get there. I haven't had a straight car in probably ever, so. Except for, you know, the one race I ran in 2013 when I put a cage on a brand-new straight chassis, ran it once, and then uh, Jesse junked his shit, and my wife got pregnant, so I sold it. So, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> I was, proceeded to bend it. Bend it 15 times, years. yeah. Jesus, that poor car. And then, and then, Brent, you had a chance to bend it once. I only bent it a little bit. Just a little. I only knocked the left front horn off it once. Just a little. Actually, it was only I, like half the you, horn. I thought you were going to kill me when you hit the wall. I thought I was going to kill the guy and myself <laughs> and everybody behind the wall when I hit it. Who who was that? I remember the, they blew a motor in front of you. And, oh, they, was it in practice? No, it was heat race. They lo- oh, it was, it was, it was Sean Curtis. And yes, yes, that's what it was. The 45 car, right? Uh, eight, I think so. 42. 42. At the speed bowl, 42. 42 or 45. Yeah. It was like a blue and silver car. I think. Yeah, it was one of Tommy Shea's old cars. That poor guy. Yeah. yeah. I, he never raced again, though. Um, that's that kinda, was a fucking hit. Yeah. He, he went, I was standing he, there. He went to the hospital. He had a really bad concussion after I hit him. And uh, <laughs> I, it was terrible. It was I, I was the first one to his window, and he was not doing good in the car and i was waving the fire guys over so your physical body was the first one to his window not your car right well a little of both 
I mean, yeah, <laughs> little column A, little column B. I folded that car in half. Yeah, that's that was like one of the Dude, few I was, times I drove Jesse's cars. <laughs> I was standing against the fence watching that heat race when that happened, and I'll never forget that because I saw him launch the motor, and then you were behind it, and I saw you both just coming at me, and I froze. And it almost knocked me off my feet. You guys hit the armco so hard. It just moved the whole ground underneath me. I did about 15 things within a matter of one second to try to get the car to turn and not go up there. But I'm like, yeah, I'm screwed. Because yeah, was... every single fluid in the engine, water and oil, came out at once. And I'm like, I'm fucked. I just know I'm fucked. But, yeah, that was a that was a hefty hit. But, like it didn't hurt the car so bad because I used him as a brace, I guess, because <laughs> well, he moved and the arm code moved. So something had to absorb it. Yeah. It was I mean, like hitting a safer barrier. It pretty much was. He took all the impact and I actually drove the car away. Um, so <laughs> it could have been worse. It was, it, it, it's, it sucks being involved hey. in an accident where somebody goes to the hospital and then never races again. Driving it away from the scene isn't really that big of a feat because when I junked it in 2018 at Thompson, I still drove that motherfucker back to pit road. (laughs) (laughs) Radiator was left on the track. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) No man left behind. Except for that. I watched the replay of my race when I wrecked that day back and listening to the surprise in Joe Koss's voice, he's like, and he's going to drive it away. I wouldn't. <laughs> the whole the whole crowd got silent when we hit. So, oh man, I've been there. It's the worst when you get out of the. Jesse's done it a few times. Yeah, you get out of the car and the whole crowd che- starts cheering because they they're glad you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I did that when I wrecked with oh, Fuller. Yeah, yeah. everybody you, cheered. I was like, was it that big? You close your eyes and then you hear the race and then you hear, feel lots of movement and crashing. Loud, and loud hear, noises. And, and then you hear the race director go, put out the red red flag. Put red out flag. the red, put out the red. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's like, Roll I have to reach. Hang on, let me reach in and put my donut back in. Yeah, so it's and, a, the pink sock <laughs> fell out. <laughs> yeah. It's bad when you disembowel yourself after hitting the wall. <laughs> oh. And the uh, way you sit in the LaJoy seats when I hit, good God. Yeah, your ass. Spinal compression. If you don't tighten your waist belts enough, your ass will scoot along the bottom of the seat, and it'll tear your rectum right apart. Yeah. It hurts. Uh, hey, Phil, did, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't wreck this week, Phil. No, Phil didn't wreck this week. I, I did I did tag the wall with the right rear one that's time. Okay. My neck is really sore from that. Oh, well, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. But- I was... I was trying to get a little too much because I was actually trying to pass for fifth. So where were you Because I didn't suck. What were you doing this weekend? So, yeah. uh, I went down to Auburndale Speedway. I've tried four times now to get down there, and it rained out a few times. We tried to go down with the pro truck. That race got canceled for some reason. Uh, I tried to go down a few weeks ago when I had COVID. That was for the SRL race. That didn't work out, and... I wasn't actually planning to go run this race. Um, and I figured, what the fuck? I haven't been able to race since DeSoto because of all this stuff. It's a weekly show, so there won't be a lot of cars. Hint, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> How many showed up? They had 20 cars on a, on a weekly night for 1200 bucks to win. Really, really wasn't bad. And it was a lot of the SRL, the tough guys from SRL, like Brandon Morris, uh, that's Briggs a- was Adam Briggs was there. 
uh, some old school guys like a guy named Bobby Mobley. He's been racing down here for a long time. He's really badass in pretty much everything he drives. So it was fun to go race against the top guys and kind of a lot less lower pressure um, because you didn't have to detect Ricky. I love Ricky Brooks to death, but like his room of doom deal, we even have to go through it. And it's, you're stressful sitting there watching him because you know he's not going to pull any punches and just let anything go. And we, bit of a we run these cars like our deck lid height, like at the quarter panels, is 37 and a half max. And he gives us a half inch tolerance. Well, we all use that tolerance. <laughs> so if you're, if you're a fraction of an inch over, he'll be like, no, fix it, come back. Yep. So you don't you don't slide with Ricky. So well, it was puts, nice to he, just be in a low pressure environment and just go out and learn a new track. And we were fast in practice, like third lap on the track, I was P two. Hmm. And then by the end of that session dropped down to P six. Once guys with tires went out and just got a little better read on their cars, but I still wasn't terribly far off. My tires weren't that old because they were from DeSoto. They only had twenty eight laps on them. Hmm. So in practice, I got a pretty good read on what the car was going to do, which is the first time I've ever had that. Um, we made a few changes to kind of tighten up exit free up center a little bit at the same time, which a little tough to do on these cars, but uh, made it a little better. And I only qualified a tenth faster than I practiced, which is I need seat time and get better at the line. I was actually arcing too much into the corners and qualifying, but feature time it was just game on car was awesome lacked drive off i think if we had drive off i probably would have put it on the podium without a problem um but just a super super fun night didn't have any problems all night with the car for once um and ended up coming home with a seventh place finish i the final restart on the choose cone i was faced with the choice of restarting up on the top in sixth knowing that the bottom might bottle up and i could move forward or the top would bottle up and i'd end up falling back and the top did bottle up i was gonna throw it three wide on the guy that was backing up on me where are you at the time just, i mean where you, where I, you like, I was running i was running sixth yeah i'm at like before to choose where are you like seventh eighth uh, uh, no, I was sixth at the time of the Jews. Yeah, yeah. Why? I had worked. I worked my way. It was really hard to pass. The track was really locked down in one groove. The top wasn't working really well. But I took a chance. I was like, I'm going to finish seventh, yeah. or I'm going to finish seventh. Yeah, you know. I mean, why bother if you're already <laughs> six and you're already the third car in line? Why bother? Yeah, well, why I was, bother? I was you ain't fourth, going nowhere. Yeah, I was going to be the fourth car in line on the bottom of that restart. So yeah. I chose the top to to end up taking it and see if I could put myself in a position to roll the top and try and get a few more if they because it was on a green white checker. The guy, the forty car started backing up in front of me on the initial green white checker, and then they called it off for a jump restart. I had my nose three wide, passing for fifth through the middle. Of course, right when you're going to be passing cars. Yeah, I know. Yellow. I was I was pissed. You'll, you'll see it in the GoPro. I just stuck my nose in there, and they threw the yell, and I was like, damn it. That was my one shot. Of course. Of so course it was. They did a full restart. I got stuck on the top again because I at that point I would have just taken the bottom. And, and knowing that he was backing up, 
and he couldn't run the top, but it was too late at that point. So I still had fun. It was nice to be competitive again. Uh, we finally figured out what the car was wanting. Uh, we were about two and a half percent cross lower than any of the team cars right now. And a full 5% across lower than what we used to run in this car on the small tracks. Mm. And I think it just has the difference is uh, driving style between how I drive and how Patrick Thomas used to drive the car. He used to drive it like a light switch. And I drive it more like you would have to drive a super or a sport limited sportsman at Thompson where you kind of roll into the throttle. You can't just mat it. So right. we had to find what the car wanted for my style and finally... <clears throat> We're finally there, and I think now we're going to start showing what I can actually do behind the wheel. Well, we'll tell you what. We're proud of you, uh, Senator Jakes. The nation's proud of you. Therefore, the world is proud of you. What is this? And, uh, I appreciate it. It was, yeah. it was relieving. No, actually, yeah, that's that's a good run. No, we're, we're super stoked for you. That's for sure. P- P7 against these guys, I feel like I'm racing against the modified tour guys. Is some yeah. of the most talented race car drivers I've ever met. Yeah, and when you don't have a lot of seat time relative to them, you know, right. that's, yeah. that's something well, you I mean, hang your head on. That was my 35th career start in a full-size car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's not a lot. And some of these guys race 35 times in a year. Yeah. So to, to be running against them, it makes me feel good about what I'm able to do. It's all that so stuff. It, I, uh, it gives me the confidence that I've been lacking since, like, I was talking to someone earlier. My nerve after that wreck in 18, my nerves got rattled, and I was a much more timid driver. And as I'm getting more comfortable, definitely putting the car in better situations to, to move forward. Yeah. And not just racing in protect mode all the time. Yeah, and that magic F word, fun. <laughs> Is that the magic well, F word? That's that's what it's all about. You know, every post I hashtag have fun on it. And that's to me, that's what it's all about at this point. I'm never going to be in the cup series. I'm never going to make it to Arca or trucks or any of that shit. Now, with that I'll attitude. probably never I'll probably <laughs> never own a super late model. Although uh, we were discussing at the track mm. this weekend, rolling three deep with supers this year at some point. So that'll be a, a fun <laughs> little experience. Guys like us aren't supposed to be at this level. Why haven't we made this a sound yet? I, I know. Why haven't I done that? Why haven't we made that a sound yet? Yeah. Dude, me and a super is like unfathomable to me. Like it, it's that's my top tier. That's what I want to race someday. That's my goal. But it's a realistic goal, you know. Honestly, you know, if you get enough money, time, and effort, it's not that bad. I mean, it's local guy zenith. Yeah, know? pretty much. Yeah. But down here, super racing is like you guys got. Who do you have up there that races other than Hopkins and Ben Rowe? I don't really know any big names up there. Down here, who? Derek Griffith. Yeah, Derek and and Joey Pole and them. But down here, it's Bubba and Casey Roderick and and all these big names that are known nationwide. Yeah, well, Eddie Mack could go compete against them, would be. Yeah, Eddie would be good too. (laughs) Eddie's won in the series. Hopkins and Krushek both came down here this weekend and well down here they were at Southern National uh, running enough. the pro race but they ran one too yeah like, you got talented racers up there it's just not as plentiful as down here and it's oh they're plenty plentiful up super- north <laughs> yeah but they need <laughs> well, bigger I mean, purses they need, yeah they just don't have as big a races they're they're 
The southern guys down is it's super late model country. Down yeah, up north yeah. is modified. Yeah, modified. That, we all know yeah, that. we have modified that, too. That's what I mean. Is like as far yeah. as late model drivers, like yeah. up there, the pool is really shallow. Down here, there's there's a lot of super yeah. late models. That that guys. is a deal. That is the thing. It's a regional and thing. Yeah, six six hundred fifty horsepower is fun. I bet. <laughs> I bet it is. That's, I'll be getting in my aged crate motor car pretty soon. I, I will tell you what it it felt like. Remember when we were on the crates with the four barrels and the open the one legger on a seven inch tire? It felt like having to control that power. Yeah, it really didn't feel any different. You yeah, just get to, to the end of the up. straightaway a lot faster. Yeah, it's like time travel. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were here, and now you're over there. First time I I put the throttle all the way to the floor, I was like, oh crap, there's a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, they're there already. Yeah, I forgot. Anyway, to, enough about me. I forgot to mention I actually did get in the garage today for whatever little time off by myself I had. I was working on rear end stuff, like rear axle stuff, and trying to fix my Ford nine inch that it's just embattled in just nonsense. Ever since I ever put it together, and oh, it's such a nightmare. I just I tried to build my own uh, rear end fixture so that I could put like trailing arm brackets and stuff on my own rear ends and stuff. And for all the money that I've spent trying to just do it myself, I probably could have just bought a nice housing from quick performance and have been done with it by now. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So that I, I took that and I, uh, I've been working on the fixture and I think I've got it pretty close and I'd really like to put the, um, the floating nine inch on it and see if it fits, but I don't even think that fits. I mean, I think we screwed up the mounts again, just, even trying to, you know, put them in in the car by measurement. So I'll probably be building more fixtures or just buying a new housing when I get money. So I only have like one, <laughs> I only have like one rear axle now. I have like Somebody no spares. Somebody sponsor this man a housing with metric I'm, mounts on it. I've got like no spares right now. <laughs> like everything is shot. I, I had a sponsor tell me that they were going to come back on board this year. So I think I'm probably going to have to say... Uh, Jay at Northeast Trucking Off Road. They said they were probably coming back on. And you say um, you have a sponsor that's coming on board. Let's do do them a little solid. Well, I mean, come on, yeah. any racer worth their salt's not going to say it until they have money in their hands. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. But Jay, it's Jay. Jay's good, good for it. it. He it's, paid me. Yeah, it's Jay. He's good for it. So, Jay. Um, so I didn't have any problem saying his name. And I think the uh, <laughs> antique store is probably going to come back on as well. Nice. Um, so hopefully we'll get a, a couple sponsor dollars cause my tires are all, they're all junk. They're I just all, gave you four freshies. I haven't gotten them yet though. <laughs> and um, I didn't, I didn't want to bug you in case you wanted to save them and use them for yourself. So. Oh no, you can take them. Just take your truck down to the house next week. Take my four freshies. You heard it here first folks. Take I, my four freshies. I'll I had to buy them a, from the world. I, I bought four tires for the world series on full intent to give it to you. Oh. Well, my brother is a sponsor as well now, so and now they, i got to put him on the car. <laughs> yes, I would like Good my thing name. I haven't cut any, uh, any decals yet, but that's going to be a fun video. I'm going to do that, yeah. and I'm going to show you all on my YouTube channel how I do my own vinyl. And it is technology that you, if you're our age, uh, you haven't seen that technology in a long time. I'm talking... You're uh, such a... You're such a dying breed when it comes to this, too, because you do everything in-house. I build, everything. I build my own rear ends. I build my own transmissions. I have a crate engine, so I can't build that, but I'm rebuilding my own carburetors. I'm putting together you, my own 
Like you built the motor that's in Jesse's car. One of them. At, yeah. Well, I I built one of them. And the one that's in my car is a Terry motor. Yeah, that was but, a Terry uh, motor. Wow. But the one I used last year, he built. Yeah. I did build yeah. that, but I think the heads are warped, so it, it shit a uh, head gasket. Yeah. It's but good. it did run. It did run. It did not blow up. It had great oil pressure. Yeah. But um, are those those Billy heads? Yeah, those those Billy heads. I think they sat around way too long. I think I got to get them planed down. But yeah, just have them cut. They'll be fine. If I get them cut and I have the deck checked and make sure it's not warped, I bet you would be fine. But those are some badass heads too. <laughs> they're pretty cool. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you technology that uh, you don't remember. Like I'm talking Apple um, IIe. No, um, I think Windows XP 3.1. <laughs> no, it's probably a Windows XP laptop on um, Laserdisc. No, it's not Laserdisc. This is I'm not going that far back. This is next with a serial cable. This isn't Yeah, it is a serial cable. Um <laughs> not kidding. I cut my own vinyl with like junk software, an old computer and a eBay you Chinese cutter. You can't run computer. it. The software will not run on Windows 10 or 11. It's <laughs> no. not it's too old. It's got a USB it's, port. It's abandonware. It's got a, <laughs> It's got a USB port on the cutter. It's never worked because it's Chineseium, so you have to use a data port or whatever it is. It's hilariously bad. But anyway, we might as well move on to the second segment of the our show. Favorite, our, one of our favorites. Yeah, our favorite segment. I got a little bit of something different this week. I like to throw ideas at the wall and see if they stick. For this week's Darf Comment of the Week. There it is. Speaking of outdated, there's the music for you. Sounds like an 80s game show. That's the music that plays when you start that cutter up. <laughs> the noise that this cutter makes, I swear, I'm going to record everything. It's a horror show. When I first fired that thing up when my kid was really young, it scared the shit out of him. He ran screaming across the house. <laughs> it was great. All right. This week's Darf Comment of the Week, I have a fun game that I want to try out. I was going to say play, but no, we're going to try this one. I have two, and I want everybody to vote on their favorite, and we're going to give it to that one. Okay. These were both submissions. Okay. I got one from Phil, and I got one from our Seekonk correspondent, Sean Miner. All right. All right. I'm going to get do the one Phil gave me first, and it was a quote tweet from someone called at modified crazy all one word uh it is in regards to a post from march 7th from martinsville speedway they had ross chastain come down and sign part of the safer barrier that they were removing and they were going to put it on display and it says signed sealed delivered ross chastain left his mark on us and it's a little upright cell phone video of him signing it and standing next to the wall as they have a cherry picker and they're going to yank it out of there well, this guy modified crazy. Obviously, he's from the Northeast. Uh, what I don't about know. dirt modified? I don't know from where. Oh, he's from New York. All right. Anybody who likes dirt modifieds is a psychopath. They're just they're just a weirdo. <laughs> That's true. And I'm not talking about bl- big block. I'm talking about those imkish. Oh, you mean like um, like ump modifieds? Oh, those things are weird. Oh my god, they wreck every five fucking laps. <laughs> okay, so this guy replies with. 
all because NASCAR didn't throw a caution flag when a, quote, driver lost control of their, and he spells it T-H-E-R-E, wrong there, car, and was crashing for three quarters of a lap. Would you like me to run down the hashtags? Because oh, this is boomerific over here. I want every. I want nothing more. Hashtag joke. Hashtag clown. Hashtag cheating caught. Okay. Hashtag no skill needed. Hashtag truth prevails. What is this? 9-11? Hashtag mainly modified. Hashtag mods. Hashtag sprint car are the future. Now, this was a, to the Ross Chastain in the wall. Yes. So, oh. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> the stupid so drop. Stupid. stupid. He's he says he lost control and the and was crashing for three quarters of a lap. He didn't really lose control. He did exactly what he wanted to. And when he was done, he went in a straight line afterwards. I wouldn't call it necessarily losing control. Well, when you downshift and then aim for it, I don't think that's losing downsh- control. Downshift, floor it, and let go of the wheel. You're kind of doing what you want to do, right? I wouldn't call it losing control. I don't know if I would have completely let go of the wheel. I would have let it just float there. Well, he didn't want to like like break his wrists if the Although wheel that's caught. also very violent. So Yeah. Yeah, it was a hard hit. All right, so there's your first Okay, that's pretty n- good. He got no replies. No replies. No replies. All right. Oh. The second one came from Mr. Sean Miner. Okay. This one was posted yesterday by my one of my least favorite media personalities, Nick Bromberg, which I do not like him. I despise <laughs> that little fucking prick. I hate Nick Bromberg. Him and David Land, if anybody knows who David Land yep. is. I'm the- coming up on one year of being blocked by that piece of shit, and I'm so happy. <laughs> Twitter has been so much better. You should get a T-shirt made. <laughs> All right. Uh, he says, quote, It's at Nick Bromberg on Twitter, by the way. Mike Joy's defensiveness regarding the Daytona 500 commercial criticism is obnoxious. He's a pro. The commercial criticism was valid whether he agrees with it or not. But being defensive ahead of ad breaks in the races after the 500 isn't the pro way to handle that feedback. And he keeps going. What does he know about professionalism, first off? He knows nothing about professionals. Did your parents have any children that lived? Oh, my God. Um, Matthew Dillner replied. He says, Mike has a sense of humor. I love it. Obnoxious? That's irony. Mike Joy has earned his seat at the table to do so. He's respected. Period. Get over it. He just voices all the opinions of the rest of us. Uh, oh, Mike, Mike was calling out about all the trolls, so I... Whatever. Mike Joy, if nobody has Twitter or follows Mike, he is literally the brunt of all of the complaints that Fox is receiving for the commercials. People get mad at Fox and then tweet at Mike as if he has something to do with it. And (sighs) so he's pretty much had enough of it, I think. You know, it's, it's weird because I think he's probably upset that people don't understand how Twitter works. And how this, how, how the chain of of command in regards to criticism should go, it shouldn't go towards him. Yeah, uh, and he spends way too much time. If you want my vote, defending defending it. Oh so. God, I mean, Phil's was really really good, but I got to give it to that one because Mike Joy is a national treasure, dude. I mean, he you carries can't that do broadcast. That. 
He carries the you. broadcast, and he has every goddamn right to be defensive because he's receiving flack for shit he's not doing. Nick Bromberg, you've won our Darf comment of the week yet again. And may God have mercy on your soul, or lack thereof. Or, or just die. Or kill yourself, please. The fuck? Please, please kill yourself. <laughs> I'm so glad we made this a sound. And you know can what? we at Nick Bromberg in this episode? Can we <sighs> at the guy that we should do a dual one where the one Phil had to? You know, we should just add both of them to it and just say, please, please kill yourself. We're going to get deleted from Twitter and all these other places. Just add both of them Nick Bromberg and Modified Boomer. Please kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, Sean and Born. Phil, for sending those in. Yeah, those were really, really good. Dumb. Phil is usually our resident Darf hunter, so and and his his uh, trophy wall is pretty good. Yeah, he's got ma- many mounts on his uh, trophy <laughs> wall of Darfs. Dumb shit. I mean, what are you gonna do when you're sitting on the shitter? You just gotta <laughs> scroll for Darfs. <laughs> I mean, it's a valid point. So anyway, all right, we have. Some actual listener participation this week. Can you believe it? Yay! <laughs> and we have a voice message from someone who's sent a voice message before. Hey guys, it's Adam Gata. Giving you your first voice message of 2023. Just got a question. Uh, do you think they should put grass instead of that pavement down on the dog leg of Phoenix? Yes. Uh, where the start finish line is now <laughs> to stop that. Yes. Fanning out five wide, six wide, whatever, and make them run the natural racetrack. Uh, just curious as to what you guys think. No. You think yes. no? No. Okay. I disagree with both of you. Okay. Two against one, you lose. I know. <laughs> I want to hear why. Go ahead. I have I have yeah. good well, reason. I have good reason why as well. But well, Phoenix is not known for having all the greatest racing in the world. No, it which really... is why they've had to spice it up with flipping the track inside out and upside down and sideways and with, with the yeah, start finish line. The dog leg used to be just fine, and then they kicked the dog leg out further and banked it, and then they put like grass or uh, they paved over the grass. So it's like, well. I, the dog leg wasn't really a passing point before, but now you're allowed to drive in the bus lot. Yes, now you're allowed. Yes, there is pavement there. Therefore, it is a racetrack. And I like seeing three, four, five, six, seven, thirteen wide on a restart and then having them try to funnel their way into the line. I do like that. That is absolutely entertaining. It's kind of like Pocono. when they. I was going to say, then watch Pocono. I like Pocono. <laughs> I love Pocono. It's one of my favorite tracks. You go seven wide on a restart, but that's a straightaway. You know what I mean? That's so. That's, that's right, no, and it's a corner. I have no problem with more Pocono. exciting for me. For me, it's more exciting. You, you you really have to up your restart game if you want to have to go somewhere. It creates passing opportunities, especially you know, on a restart. Maybe I'm going about this the wrong way. Maybe I'm thinking about it in terms of traditionalism when I should be thinking about it in ways of uniqueness. Maybe this is what makes that racetrack unique, and it gives people a chance to watch something different than everywhere else. You know, that's From that's turns cool. three and four, right? Yeah, <laughs> they can't see the other end of the track when everybody dies. 
Well, that's why they moved all the grandstands to. You got to get the good seats. What up used high. to be one and two. <laughs> that's why they moved them over there, so you can see the dog leg now. Oh, I don't know. I still don't think having start finish line in a corner is a really good idea. I think it's stupid. Well, there is Daytona. <laughs> well, that's a trial. It's not technically a corner. It's, it's kind of. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to figure out that on your on one of your qualifying laps. You can enter three really high to ride the wall and four drive down the track and cut the track and make your first lap a lot shorter. We do it on iRacing. You can cut almost a half a second off your lap time by just cutting the track there. See? There well, no wonder go. everybody else was faster than me, but I raced just as fast as them. <laughs> See? Well, it's, hard, it's harder to race. In a single lap, you can fucking fly there. That's true. But, yeah, as a traditionalist, I think um, – I think put the grass in and make them stay in between the lines. There's lines for a reason. Not a double yellow line. It's not double. It's single. Well, then make the transition a little bit easier so they don't bottom out the car, okay? Yeah. It's only Talladega and Daytona, <laughs> double yellow line. Those, double those guys got to go to a chiropractor after that race. Did you do. notice that a lot of them weren't doing that unless absolutely necessary? Yeah, most of them only did it in the in uh, on the restarts. Because they would even like at the end, they were running the regular line. Because they were smashing themselves, just well, they'd land on those lo- the ride height blocks, whatever they're called. Yeah, that's directly attached to the chassis too. So you're gonna smash yourself. See, and that is visually appealing. I like to see them cars bounce and them boys take a little punishment. They well, signed they up bounced. for it. They signed up for it, and I am entertained. <laughs> I am entertained with their suffering. <laughs> if you want to watch cars bounce, go watch Mercedes and F1. Oh, the porpoise. We thing. don't watch F one. We don't watch F one anymore. I don't watch Formula no. One. I hate Formula One. By Bring one. back V tens. Yeah, so Phoenix is its own little entity. It's interesting. I only, love it. The I'm only thing, gr- the only thing that's really decent about Phoenix right now is that send it. If they have a late race restart, that's the only exciting racing you're going to see at that racetrack. It was this. That's week. it. It was kind of this week. This yeah, week too. You to got you, you got a little bit of it every. I think uh, the Arca race really wasn't that bad. Um, if anybody watched that, I, I think, did actually. It I was actually I pretty watched good. It and I thought it was a shit show as usual. Uh, yeah, but it was still pretty good. Uh, I feel Arca bad for the guy. Arca. I feel bad for the guy who got hurt though. But uh, well, yeah, who, who got hurt? The guy in Arca at Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot, but he he like just left the hospital today. He had a concussion, like three broken oh, ribs. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I knew Sammy Smith got absolutely fucked. Oh no, that might have been the last race for Arca. No, I can't remember. When the hell was that? Whoever got hurt in Arca, it might have been at Talladega. I'm not even sure, but or not Talladega. D L Wilson. Oh yeah, D L. Oh, it was the Phoenix race. It's. I'm yeah, sorry. It's three we're... broken ribs, a concussion, and a sternum injury. Yeah, they ran the race. You know, it's we record on Monday. I think they ran it what Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday. It feels like a week ago to me for some reason. I don't know why, but I thought we talked about it on the show last week, and I'm like, am I a time traveler? Yeah, I was really confused. But yeah, he went in the wall hard, and uh, he he took a long time to get out. You got that one? Another great restart from Williams to Wallach. Oh, oh, no. Oh, that's a... Yeah, Breidinger hit the wall hard. We're under caution once again. The 12 goes around D.L. Wilson. 
Christian. Yeah, he yeah, hard. Christian Rose in the bottom he was a day and a half late. That one again. Well, he got Sammy right Smith that got fucked too. either. Yeah, it was a uh, sloppy bitch there. In the aftermath, there was contact between right, Tony and somebody that. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> they came in a little bit late. They didn't pile in. They it was kind of a separate wreck behind the original wreck. Because people saw smoke and started diving, and then they started wrecking, and everybody hit pretty awkward. And yeah, he hit pretty hard. He hit driver's the, the side. F- yeah. The fact side. that William Sloppy Bitch didn't win, just he got fucked on that. William did you Swalich? see? Did you see how much faster he was in qualifying than them? Oh yeah, yeah. Swalich <laughs> he read, was killing him. He ran a twenty-seven fifteen P two was a twenty-seven seventy-four in qualifying. That dude <laughs> had all the speed. Yeah, he was very quick. Uh, what was it? The kid's kid, a shoe. This this kid who won though was um, Tyler Reef. Tyler Reef. Yeah, he he got spun or hit the wall, and then he had to get damage repair. Kid's like fifteen years old. Yep. You know what I was doing at fifteen? I was in school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think well, is it home, Ron Hornaday's working with that kid right now? Is he? Your dad, I think that's who it was. Your dad should have done better in life, and you should have been homeschooled. I guess so. Oh, uh, it looks like Frankie Muniz got he got like a sixth, didn't he? P six, yeah. He yeah. he ran really good in that race. He didn't. He didn't. He, he hovered around like thirteenth to fifteenth most of the race. At least he didn't get wrecked or nothing. So, well, he spun on the first lap on his own. Yeah, he kind of drove it in there a little hot, or the guy chopped him, that's and he didn't f- want to wreck him. And it was so early, he was okay it's, with that you yeah. know what's funny to me guys what's that i just this just came to, it, it just just popped into my head you know how uh, a lot of the nascar regular like the mafia and whatnot you the, the insiders the, the the it crowd the mean girls or whatever you know like this podcast <laughs> like the spotters podcast yeah you know i remember i remember talking about travis pastrana and i think that's why a lot of guys like him and robbie gordon and the goat ricky carmichael they all got ran out because if they did good in a race, it makes the it makes the mafia, the insiders, look bad. Yeah, exactly. So wait a minute. So if those guys make you look bad for being successful, what do you say when a freaking child does good? How okay. does that make you look good? As when long as he's freaking children can do what you do. As long as he's part of their southern. I guess if you're part of the yeah. crowd, but now yeah. it's a daycare. Good for <laughs> you. Much is. Did you see that? These, uh, that just doesn't make any sense to me. These it's, young kids are in cars from the age of six, though. Most of these older guys didn't start until they were in their 20s. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because they had I to mean. work their own job to get in instead of relying on daddy's money. Right. It's, but did you see the the wreck between Connor Jones and like Jack Wood, Jesse Love, and stuff like that? Um, I, I wish it had ended, ended, ended Connor Jones's career. Yeah, did it was he in the twenty five where he just drove straight into the back of the two leaders when they were four wide instead of lifting? Yeah, that yeah. kid is a fucking. It was hack. his teammate. He drove into his teammate. Yeah, he just wrecked he, his own guy. He spent all of speed weeks here driving through everybody in in the prolate, and then mommy and daddy write him a check so he can go race in Arca. Fuck off, you fucking hack. He went to the Drew Dollar driving school. <laughs> Drew Dollar's better than this kid. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. He's smart enough to quit racing. Great kid. Does not need to be a race car driver. There, found it. <laughs> well, I, I agree. He took that advice is what it sounds like. I didn't see him in the lineup, was he? 
Uh, Drew Dollar, no. Yeah, so. Uh, by the way, Jess, we, you know the segment that we used, we used to do, the news that we missed because oh, we yes, released yes, the show uh, too soon? What do you call that? Breaking news from last week? Yeah. News we missed from last week because we released the show too early. As we like to call it, old news. Josh Berry was announced to run the nine car full time. Remember last week we were yeah. waiting for that announcement, and then it released the day after we put the podcast out. Of course, yeah, he was announced then, to run who, the nine who's car. Who's the other driver that no one in the world would have ever guessed? Jordan Taylor is going to be in that car at Circuit of the Americas. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense because he's going to be driving the. the uh, uh, Garage 56 at Le Mans also. He's part of that team. I believe, yeah, it'll give him some yes. seat time for that. So Yeah. Yeah, it'll so be yeah, him or Michael Rockefeller or whatever. So Yeah. Jordan Taylor's racing. Connor Daly's racing in the 50 car. Jensen Button's racing. I wonder what uh, Jordan Taylor's going to do with a less sophisticated race car. Kimi Raikkonen's <laughs> racing you know. as well. Yep. Kimi's coming back. And, and Kimi at a track that he is experienced at. And yeah. now that he has seat time in one of these cup cars, uh, put him in the Jensen. top five. Yeah, Jensen Button. We'll see. Formula One world champion. Jen- Jensen's got seat time in these new cars now with the testing. So I like to see it. I think this is great. If it, I'm going to say this right now. If it rains by any chance that it rains and Jensen Button is in that race, nobody's beating him. That motherfucker is badass in the rain. I hope it rains. I really do. I really <laughs> want to see a monkey. Oh, I want to see. I want to see oh. Jensen just come in here. Okay, people, this is my first career going? oval track uh, NASCAR start <laughs> ever. I'm just gonna people, win. People, people with memories remember the last time it rained at Coda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have mud flaps. Oh yeah, that would really solve it. Did you see them on the cars <laughs> at at Phoenix? Why did they bother? There was zero percent chance of rain, and they made them run lights, wipers, and mud flaps. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that really helped. What? There were people asking too, since Jesse stepped away for a second. There were people asking on, on Facebook, and Brian Murphy was actually going back and forth with me and a couple other people too. And why do you have to start the race with this shit on the car? Why can't they just put them on if they need them? Well, that's what I'm like. Why isn't there a quick quick release mechanism where in a pit stop you can just walk over and go boop, pop it on, have slide pins for the mud flaps, pop them on, and pin them? Why can't they just take a little break and just put them on when they're drying the track off? Well, yeah, true. <laughs> they, they, they generally do have to dry the track to some extent to be able to run them on an oval, they say. so. Yeah. I just I think Phoenix would have been way too fast for those things in the rain. Yeah, but they the, those little wet weather tires and stuff that they're talking about that's for damp conditions. It's not really yeah, 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 it's yeah. not full rain. It's like when the track is mostly dry but still kind of wet. It's not really for downpour. I don't even think those tires have a true tread. I think they're just grooved. It's basically what they race on now, so it's the same compound. It's just a grooved rain tire. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. And they're they're talking about I guess testing that tire on dry track conditions because to to get the cars to slide around more. I bet yeah, it would that's work. the one that Dan Hamlin mentioned last week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it to that extent, but I was thinking more along the lines of uh, rib tire, like the old F one rib tires. Well, yeah, they did the rib yeah. tire because F one did because of heat. Yeah, but it looks that's what I thought that they were going to do anyway. Yeah, but anyway. All right. 
going to move it on because that's the only news that we got. No, we didn't. That we missed because we released the show too early. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, There's a very finite amount of time that that segment can really work at, and it's usually Tuesday. Is it the day after? It's basically Tuesdays. That's it. When was... All right, so interesting news out of the road racing world. Yeah, isn't yeah that that's not really breaking Oops. news from last week, but not really. But I mean, people need to know about it because it's kind of scandalous. Dude, Phil, did you hear about this at all? No, I haven't been Holy paying too much attention. Fucking shit! This is like the most scandalous shit you've ever heard. Like, I'm not do you want me to read the whole the Marshall Pruitt article? I'll uh, I'll go into it because I heard his podcast and he. I've got the thing. whole article from Racer.com. He explains things in a way that's a little bit different, and it doesn't say anything in the article because I don't know if you understand fully what happened in the article. But anyway, so so it, so the overall winning team at the Rolex 24 and GTP, the 60 car Meyer Shank Racing with uh, Tom Blunquist, Colin Brown, Helio Castroneves, and Simon Pagano. They blitzed the field, but uh, they were found uh, to have uh, infractions. Yeah. Oh, we could call, I did hear about this. We could yeah. call it infractions. Yeah, quote-unquote infractions. Actually, it's more like downright blatant cheating. <laughs> I mean... It's actual blatant cheating. Blatant cheating. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, is that like every other team, they found that, you know, hey, listen, with low tire pressures, this thing goes like a rocket ship, all right? You know, but uh, the problem is, is that there's an obstacle to that approach, and it is it, they have a tire pressure rule. Michel- they, Michelin and they have monitoring systems as well. Yeah, Michelin, the official uh, the official tire supplier of the series, sets a minimum tire pressure, probably for safety blowouts, make the team save themselves, basically. So they have live data going to the tire from the tire pressure monitoring system to IMSA officials. However, unlike other teams, the Meyer-Shank Racing engineers were able to manipulate the data sent from the tire pressure monitoring system to IMSA's live monitoring system through some form of backdoor trickery. Do you think, that what, they, of, do you think that what they did was they took the tire pressure monitors in the tires and recalibrated them themselves in order to read differently? Mm, it, it wasn't that it, it they and they what they did was they uh, the onboard computer system they were able to calibrate the information sent from the tire pressure monitoring system and as a as the gateway the management to IMSA. Oh, so it's some computer hacker shit. This is computer hacker shit, and I'm just I'm just asking Phil because I think this is more your wheel. I don't know if this is your wheelhouse or not. But what would they be able to hack? Like, is there some kind of backdoor kind of uh, hackery going on in here? I mean, I don't know the complexity of the PCMs and those things, but I, I assume it's not going to be a whole lit, a whole lot different than your average computer for a car, as far as how it's designed and you know what's in it and the capabilities, like a Holly Dominator or something like that, where you can adjust every parameter. And everything in there, so, so I I could see it happening. You I know, mean, you 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 set the base value at a certain number and default it to read a different way. It's just programming. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean that is <laughs> that sounds like just something you see in like a spy thriller. 
I'm like, honestly shocked it hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. It was the Russians that did this, I think. Yes. <laughs> they have team members? Yeah. What's even more insane? What's even more insane is that Meyer Shanks, Meyer Shanks Racing's own manufacturer, Honda Performance Development, looked at the data from Meyer Shank Racing and they go, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This this isn't right. This isn't right at all. There is some tomfoolery going on here. And they quote unquote like ratted. I don't really I really don't think it's really ratted because what they did was uh they sent that information to IMSA. They're the ones who blew the whistle. Yeah, the manufacturer themselves blew their own whistle on the team. That's yeah, a level on- of integrity I can't even understand. I can't understand. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? They, it, it, <laughs> That's like Chevrolet saying, "Hey, these hood louvers don't look great at yeah, Phoenix." Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, yeah, they, uh, yeah, self-policing manufacturer. Yeah, what? What kind of sportsmanship? Jesse, I, I share share the craziest part of this whole story, though. Yeah, what's that? Uh, that they were allowed to keep the win. Oh yeah, we're well, going into it. Yeah, that, oh, yeah that's the part yeah, we're, we're going. Getting yep, yeah, you're right. You're right. That is the craziest part. Yeah, they're allowed to keep the win. You're allowed <laughs> to keep the watches. They're allowed to keep the trophy because it's owned by NASCAR, and the fans want to see the guy that wins the race or the car that wins the race or goes across the finish line first. They have to still be the winner no matter what. I have the list of penalties, by the way. Okay, Brent, go Pen- ahead. Penalties are as follows. Loss of 200 team and driver IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship points. Loss of all team and driver uh, IMSA Michelin Endurance Cup points. Loss of race prize money. Team receives a $50,000 fine. That seems pretty low. <laughs> team and entrant representative Mike Shank placed on probation through June 30th. Revocation of IMSA annual credential and indefinite suspension of ISMA or IMSA membership for team engineer Ryan McCarthy. Boy, he got thrown under the bus. Huh? He's the sacrificial so he's lamb on the that one. one. Okay, so he's the one who they he's pinned the it fall on. fall boy. And they threw him out of the league. They threw him out of <laughs> racing. <laughs> they threw him out. Oh, and also the last penalty, it's hmm. not really on there. Uh, tech officials in IMSA and IndyCar because they have an IndyCar team. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're going to pro- they're going to give them prostate exams because that's how far they're going to be up that <laughs> team's ass. They're going the whole fist. They're going up to the third knuckle and beyond. They're going to the elbow. Yeah. Don't like stop until you reach the back of their teeth. Oh God. <laughs> By the way, I have the release from Honda. If you'd like to hear that, I would. All right, here's a quote from David Salters, president and technical director of Honda Performance Development. He says, quote, Was we, he salty? Uh, I, you, you decide for yourself. Maybe. We are extremely disappointed in the misconduct of the Meyer Shank racing team during the Daytona race. We became aware of a problem with the data from the 60 MSR car, and after a detailed investigation following the race, we reported our findings to IMSA. HPD does not tolerate any misconduct, delinquency, or data manipulation of any kind. We completely support the action of IMSA on this matter, and we have put in a huge effort over the two years with our chassis partners into the ARX-06 to make the best race car we could. To have this put into question is unacceptable. I mean, that is... There's fire coming out of his mouth. 
I mean, that's like that's like a race team going in and into the garage at NASCAR and modifying the template to fit their car, which has happened before. They did do that, yeah. Yeah, somebody let, did. Yeah, me, dude, that has. Let happened, me ask but. you guys this. If you were in IMSA's shoes, what would you have done for a penalty? Because clearly those penalties to me aren't enough. Oh, I taking the win away. I would have grabbed the watches. Those, yeah, I would have grabbed the watches, the purse money, the points. I want the empty bottles of champagne back. Yeah, I want those too. We'll refill I'd them. Yeah, I'd have done worse than that. Kicked them out of the league. I'd have parked them for the year. That's not a bad penalty either. Honestly, uh, that probably should fit the fit the. It crime. sends a message that fits the crime. That's, I mean, it's just like the Ricky Brooks has a traction control rule. If you're caught with traction control, you're banned from anything that he ever does until you pay a $10,000 fine. That's fair. How many do you think have gotten caught you with that problem? A couple. One. One. Did One. they ever and come they, back? And and they were the... No, they've not been back. And they were oh, the proof shit. that Ricky is a man of his word. Hmm. Yeah. That's the you know, that's like... But, uh, I put a big works. engine in NASCAR. There are some rules that you just don't screw with. Yep. Like screw- Car- was it Carl Long? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Screwing. The big engine. Yeah. Yeah, his 38th place finish says otherwise. Yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> but but like these, these slap on the wrist penalties from NASCAR. And I mean, NASCAR has been better about that shit lately. I give them credit for that. But like IMSA, what are you doing? You got to send a message. These monetary fines to these big multi-billion dollar, million dollar, I wouldn't say billion. Maybe, I'd say million, yeah. They hacked Multi-million dollar teams, a 15, what is it, $15,000 fine is what 50, you said? 50, 50. 50 uh, still, that's fucking pocket change to that's, them. Yeah, See, my problem is, my problem is, is with those types of penalties, if you take a, a team and you look at who runs these organizations and you park a team for a year, that probably kills that team. So it's like, I mean, yeah, that's, I don't think that's real justification for the crime, you know, what I, or that I don't think you can park a team and destroy the entire team just for that kind of infraction. I think they've already done enough for themselves, but I would say at least take the win away. You know what I mean? Yeah, Brett has a good point. Got to take the win away or sit them for three race, the next three points events or something like that. Yeah. Or at I least think, a race. Make it really hurt. I think a bigger points. a bigger fine, take the win away. Yeah, I think that would be better. Yeah. You, you know, can't you can't hack officials data. You can't do that. <laughs> no. You can't hack into the into it saves like the uh the live timing and scoring and put your car ahead. <laughs> that would be like the cup level of that. I'm you waiting can't for do it. That. I, I will say that nothing hurts more than watching a race that you should have been in. Yeah, I would agree. Was it uh, was who was it who had the quote? Like, was it Gary Ballou who said he was in a prison in Talladega and he heard the cars going around? I forgot who it was. Maybe, yeah, might maybe. have been him. But he's an asshole anyway, so fuck him. But whatever. Um, he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, to your face. <laughs> He's just kind of an asshole. Um, <clears throat> sorry, still sick. Oh, by the way, did you notice that um, Jimmy Johnson's also apparently on the lineup for Coda? I thought he was going to run one. Yeah, think. he was supposed to run that race. Yeah, yeah. Was he? Oh, okay. So you got, one of his six. So you got Jensen Button, Kimi Raikkonen, Jimmy Johnson, 
Jordan Taylor, Connor, Connor Daly. Daly. Yeah, look at the lineup for Coda. Pretty cool. I can. And just it. a couple of years ago, people were saying, "What happened to all the ringers?" Oh, they're coming back. Yeah, well, it's a relatable car now. Yeah, just give them a chance. I guarantee you this car probably doesn't drive a whole lot different feel-wise than the the cars that Jordan Taylor's used to overall. Yeah. I think it's fairly close because he runs, uh, is it the GT3s? What are, what are they the equivalent to? I think they're, These are probably like a GT3, GT4, something like that, I would think. I'm not... I don't follow IMSA like I used to. I used to. I went to the fucking Rolex for sixteen straight years, and now I haven't been back there in a couple. But uh, I would think they're closer to those cars, like the the big Mercedes or <laughs> yeah, the BMWs or something. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> I think we need to move on into this because go ahead, get into it. Have you guys heard the Hickory Motor Speedway saga? Been following it all weekend. <laughs> oh boy! It's. Geez. I, oh, I, I, I personally follow Landon really close, so this <laughs> we saw we saw the video of uh, Doug Barnes, Doug Barnes Junior. Yeah, that Air was, Doug, Air Doug on YouTube. Is he related to the Barnes or no. any, that, not those Barnes from Kimmel like Chuck Stocks? Barnes? No, none of those guys. Nowhere near fat enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, poor Chuck. <laughs> no, no. Chuck was a beast, though. He's a beast. No, he's not related. Hmm. All right, so if nobody knows what we're talking about, this Get week it. was it this weekend? This past weekend? It was this past weekend. Well, they they ran. What was, I think it was their opener for Hickory Motor Speedway, right? Yeah, there was a dual race. There was two races. Okay, was it late model stocks? Yeah, late model stocks. Okay, I didn't yep. know if he ran like a limited or a regular late model. Landon. Nope. This is uh the NASCAR weekly series late mile stock car event oh he actually runs the regular late mile stock. well okay, this cool. is for their first race okay Anyways, it's a bigger money show. i didn't know what he ran so i wasn't i had to clarify this this was the second race of the year there they were they run twin so what they do is they run twin 40s there a lot okay to be able to get to the nascar weekly series the national points number of races that they want you to run okay it's just their way of doing it there but it, yeah, it's just late model stock rules essentially, but it's not the actual late model stock rule book, I don't think. So it's yeah, it's two what two forty lap races. Yep. And what their what was their rule, Brent? What did they say happened with? Okay, so what happened was, uh, Landon Huffman and Doug Barnes Jr. and I believe another car in the first race got involved in separate incidents. I think Landon and the other guy, not not Barnes, got involved well, in the same incident. Doug was Doug got involved in a backstretch. He was incident. leading, and he yeah. got and he got buried. Yeah, and so their cars were damaged, and I don't think they could have continued. So they pulled it in the pits, and they went to work on their car to get it ready for the second race. Yeah, Doug Barnes tried to get going, but he was so overheating, and he had to pull back in. Yeah, because his, his Land, Landon's mm. rear end literally fell out from underneath his fucking car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they they all went to work, and they were you know basically they were ready to get out there because they had a two hour window I think between races, so they had plenty of time to get their cars fixed, and they had all got well Landon and Doug Barnes who are actual like contenders got their cars fixed and they lined yeah, up on Landon's the Landon's a track champion there last year. Yeah, literal track champion. 
And Doug is fast everywhere. He's just kind of a ringer. He came down out of where he races normally. He doesn't even race full-time at Hickory. He just wanted to run the race. You think he races a tour or something? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he runs with the, the late model stock tour, cars tour, whatever it's called. So they get gridded up, and the officials come over and say, uh, by the way, you're only allowed to start and park. Because the officials gridded them. Yeah, they put them on the grid. And then they then after they gridded, they said, "Hey, um, you're only allowed to start and park. You're not allowed to run the whole race." And they tried to figure out why. And the officials eventually said, uh, "It's because your tires are newer, so we don't want you to race because you're at a significant advantage." And they said, "Well, where is it in the rules?" Apparently, it's not in the rules. And Hickory Motor Speedway put out a press release. Do you want me to read the whole thing, or do you want me to just kind of go over it real quick? You can paraphrase it, because I'm sure everybody's seen the whole thing. All right. Uh, they said the driver's meeting are intended to go over any individual particulars for each event, including, but not limited to, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the tire situation, which occurred on Saturday, has been addressed with these drivers or at these drivers' meetings for years, and they put that in bold outline. Um. The competitors in the late model twin events are told if they do not complete 20 laps of the first event, their tires will not be eligible for the second event. By the way, that was not actually listed in the driver's meeting. They did not say that in the driver's meeting because somebody recorded the driver's meeting. Doug Barnes. Doug Barnes did. and Landon did too. And Landon, yeah, Landon did as well because he does a lot of YouTube stuff. And it was not mentioned in the driver's meeting. Uh, and it's also not listed in the rule book if you read the rules. They don't They don't actually cite the rule in this outline. Yeah, usually it would say, like, rule th- three, paragraph six, whatever, mm-hmm. dash, dash two. Yeah. But no, there's no citation whatsoever. Uh, let's see. So Hickory Motor Speedway will continue to provide a level of playing field for all of our competitors and make a better effort to communicate to the team's that fall outside the 20-lap minimum rule in the first event. Okay, how long do you think it'll take for this to show up in the rule book? <laughs> Immediately. I guarantee you it does, but screenshots are forever. <laughs> you know? And people have taken them. And, yes, they have the receipts. And so does YouTube. Yeah, Landon Huffman responded with, I assume this would be the response, completely evading the fact that it's on the track to enforce a rule that isn't on a rule book. One, not mentioned in the driver's meeting, and he has it on video. Two, never a word said to any team while thrashing on the cars for their second race. Three, they were not told about options given to the teams to choose tires or run scuff laps, which the track also told them. They're like, oh, well, you could have bought scuff tires or used scuff tires. And they said, you didn't tell us that. So they have the receipts on that as well. Four, there is no rule written in any rule book by Hickory Motor Speedway that states said rule. And five, all track staff admitted that this quote-unquote rule was not actually mentioned in the driver's meeting, nor was it addressed to the teams, and that was from Landon Huffman. Yeah, and, and other drivers involved say it. they told them one thing and then they said another and the story kept changing over and over and over mm-hmm. when they said it when they supposedly said it and mm-hmm. and how they supposedly said it so it just it sounds like it's a typical southern track because yeah. southern tracks you just don't communicate 
whatsoever. No. They have no communication skills whatsoever. They just kind of wing it all the time. Yeah. Well, it's because they talk so slow down here. It, yeah, it's yeah. It takes forever. They yeah, they're never in a hurry to do anything. So no, it's they go at the speed of thought, which is slow. <laughs> well, when you have a fifth grade education, the thought process is really slow. Now, Doug Barnes Jr. put out a video blog about the whole situation, which outlined pretty much exactly everything, like I just said. And he also reiterates that they did not get that mentioned in the driver's meeting, nor is it mentioned in the rules. And they were told it while he was strapped in the car with it running on the grid. Yeah. So this has snowballed completely. If you go online, it is an absolute shit show. Hickory Motor Speedway is absolutely inundated with comments, and they are just on damage control right now. They're literally deleting comments they on They can't Facebook. delete them fast enough. There's 430 of them still yeah, there's, at the time of posting. Yeah, they're still deleting comments on Facebook, like left and right. Like, it's actually become a joke. Why not just turn comments off if you're that fucking paranoid? Well, they did come. Uh, I think they only turned off Landon and Doug. I think that's all they turned off because <laughs> they it did. said it's limited to who can post. Yeah, they said on well, their Facebook post that it's limited. Oh, and, you, and, and we can't. <laughs> I, we can't. Yeah, you can't add any more new posts either because I don't expect said, Landon to come back. Yeah. They did turn off comments because Jesse's on their and uh, Facebook like page and says, share, like or share. No more comments. They shut yeah. them right off. They shut comments off, which is kind of crappy because. This is what I'm talking about for it's, yeah. forever. It's transparency and honesty. And if you're not, if you're gonna fail, at least own it. Especially if you're a racetrack, because then you're gonna. That's gonna tell the guys you race against. Okay, you know what? They admitted to it. Maybe I'll go race there again next week. Maybe they learned their lesson. Instead, well, when you pull this shit and act like everybody's too stupid to catch up, and, and, and regulating who can post what. And turning comments off and censoring everything, you you just you're it's like you're the government. You're making yourself look worse. You just end up making yourself look guilty. It's Absolutely. a very Kevin Percy thing to do, though. If anybody's followed Hickory well, for a long he's time, he's not the only one. <laughs> no, you that know? guy. There's is a lot hilarious. of racetracks that do it. This is Adirondack Speedway all over again. Oh God. Ugh. No, nothing's <laughs> going to be that that much. Not of a that level of no, awful. It's but, not that bad. No, but. But like, my not. question, and I, and I put this on Twitter, and my question is, if I'm a brand-new competitor to that class and I want to come to race my late-model stock at Hickory Motor Speedway, one of the most prestigious tracks in short track racing, like, everybody knows yeah. Hickory. Everybody you knows know, Hickory. They know Ned Green Bay Pickens already. Jarrett used to own Hickory. Yeah. If I uh -huh. look in the rule book and that rule is not there and it's not mentioned in the driver's meeting, am I supposed to call Doc and get the DeLorean and go back to, like, 1988 when this rule was mentioned? And, like, what am I supposed to do? Well, the flux capacitor make it through tech. By the way, guys do, are, do you guys know who Moonhead is? You all yes. should know who Moonhead is, the best racing announcer of all time. Travis Brown. Yep. He actually uh, runs one of uh, Landon uh, Huffman's cars at hickory which is kind of funny 
he, limited, yeah. His limited, yeah, limited late model. He tweeted, if you or a loved one has attended a driver's meeting at Hickory Motor Speedway between the years of 1951 and 2023, please contact me. Trying to make sure I have all my ducks in a row ahead of my first start this year. <laughs> That's, that is great. That is great, Satire. Because, yeah, you got to rely on past, past hearsay. Please, I need past hearsay yes, in order need- for me to race my car, <laughs> make sure everything is on the up and up. Oh, man. If you have a program where this is listed in from 1972, please show me. Oh, my God. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. You you know, I don't want to throw other tracks that we love under the bus, but Seekonk had this problem for a while. And I was talking to someone earlier that confirmed my thoughts on this as well, that that Seekonk did have this problem. I think all and, tracks have had this I kind of problem. I think every track has run into this once issue. Or the other, but some tracks Sea more. Seekonk was pretty rough for a little while. Like When I first started racing at, at Thompson, my goal was to race Thompson, Waterford, and Seekonk a little bit. Yeah. And I stayed away from Waterford because Terry Ames and that whole shit show. I didn't want to go down there and not get a paycheck. Um, and then Seekonk had all... If you're not in the click in the group, in the in-crowd at Seekonk, and you show up as an outsider, to me, every time I would go there with with a team, like I went there with John Carpenter and, and that crew once. Uh, I think John Jr. was driving in a couple of... Someone else was in the... This was before Fanning drove it. But they went there, and they had all kinds of problems going through tech for no fucking reason with a Thompson car that is going to get its ass fucking handed to it by those cars. Yep. Right. See, I I remember the days of Seekonk, and I'm not trying to shit on Seekonk, but this was in the past. I'm not saying yeah. that I'm not saying that this it's a lot better now. I'm not saying no, that they're see, like this now. I'm saying that this was in the past. By all um, accounts I've heard, in fairness to what I just said, Seekonk is absolutely awesome right now, and I am bummed I never got to race there. Yeah, from what I've also heard, they have fixed this issue, but I've heard in the past like Seekonk would tell people not to bring certain cars back and if they won too much they had to move up a division or not race there anymore and it's like yeah. no no you don't tell your racers what division they can and can't race in if they declare one division you know what i mean i mean if you're running a pro stock i could see you not running something smaller or whatever but like it's another car in the field see, you can't tell people what they can and can't race in like shut up what you know? kills short track racing the most is the competitors what finishes them off is uh, the tracks. Bad tracks. Yeah. Bad track. Uh, bad track management. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it's like that anymore. I've never heard any stories about that since. But I do know certain people who have been told, "Don't bring this back, or move up, or leave." And I think even yes. even Stafford, I think, that used to tell people that way back in the day. Like you know, hey, you're winning a lot of dare stock races. You want to move up to a late model? I can't afford to. Well, oh well. Those days are long gone, obviously, but... Uh, right. You know, I mean, I, we, we all know how well Stafford is run now. And, I and think the Riverside... Staff they have there, and Seekonk you know, is the same way. Like by, by every account, like I said, Seekonk is one of the best places in the Northeast to go. I think Riverside was guilty of that, too, once in a while as well. But, I mean, again, that's all stuff way in the past that we don't have to worry about anymore. But this type of shit coming from Hickory, it's like, dude, it's one of those situations where... You grabbed a shovel and you dug a hole that was only about, you know, ankle deep 
but then you kept going. Yeah. <laughs> then you were knee deep. Now you're waist deep. Yeah. And you're still digging. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, the the reason too I think it happens down here in the south still is because in my opinion the south is like 20 years behind up there. Cuz mm. I can take a rule book from the mid 90s at Seacock for the pure stocks or for the street stocks or whatever. And it's almost the same as a Citrus County Speedway pure stock is today. Yeah. Like, talk about outdated rules. Yeah, but I mean, that's. But at the same time, it's simplistic and it keeps the cars affordable. I get it, but. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Certain things you got to do. There's also certain things you got to do, and that's be transparent and be honest. Yes. If you can do those two things, like. They might Treat have, your racers like people instead of just a number. They said, oh, well, we've had issues in the past where people would have incidents and then they just run through the field and win the second race. And it's like, well, yeah, but oh, they wow. wrecked the first race. That they was, were literally crashed. Yeah, that's you know, a they didn't even. Thing. It's, it's like, thing. well, they didn't even finish the first race. You know? <laughs> what are we, we tracks issue to somebody, the tracks that are doing uh, something good? What's you, that? you know what, though? We should I'm transition play... to something good. Mm-hmm. I, I want to play devil's advocate really quick, though. Okay. If if Landon and Doug had gotten towed back to the pits instead of driving back to the pits, do you think this would still be an issue? Yes. Yes. Do you think so? <laughs> because they drove it to the grid. Yep. Right, but they fixed their car. They fixed if their you car. Get, well, if the officials would be standing bad there. enough that you get towed back, you would think that the officials might see that. But, yeah, but the officials would probably be standing there looking at their tires and saying, oh, they're all up. Yeah, that is the other thing is they, they said that no officials came down to at least Landon's pit area. I don't know about uh, Doug's. I haven't watched his video yet. Doug claims, I didn't know Doug had a YouTube channel. Doug claims the same thing. Did he? Yeah, he claims the same. He has video too. So <laughs> Stories are consistent. So Why don't we transition to a racetrack that doesn't exist technically? Thompson? Not that one. It's oh. still kind of there. Uh, I was talking about the Chicago race because we got some interesting oh, I was numbers. Do Stafford softballs. Oh, Stafford softballs. I think we mentioned it before. Oh yeah, we have. But yeah, they're, we've, they're we've gotten pretty good. They're doing pretty good now. Do you see the the Instagram post where you could tell where the walls came from? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, they they almost line up, but the curvature they, of the track is. Yeah, he said they couldn't work it out that way. Yeah, the curvature <laughs> of the track. Doesn't allow it to. They had to take pieces that were curved the right way. But that is just uh, that's funny to me. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny, but it's also sad because Memphis was a cool track. That yeah, was cool. it was a unique track, and it's too bad that Memphis Motorsports Park as a whole is gone because the drag strip and the oval track was a three-quarter mile oval track, and I think they even hosted truck races. But, yeah, that's gone. Yep. That's all gone again. Hooray for that. No, we were talking about the NASCAR um, Chicago street race because Adam Stern posted a, a article that they said NASCAR debuts a new ad for the Chicago street race. I'm sure you've all seen it if you watch the cup race. Um, do you know how much NASCAR spent on this race? $50 million. You read the article. Not fair. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say 150 so it's been off. $50, $50 million. And so NASCAR even says, you know, 
we're not even going to turn a profit in the first year because we spent so much. NASCAR moved and hired executives to staff the event, uh, and they opened an office in the Prudential Building in Chicago, underscoring their size and scale of the commitment from the series, as I read this off of uh, Adam Stern's Sports Business Journal article. Beetlejuice probably made that happen, too. And she just got voted out. (laughs) Uh, I'm waiting to see, now that she's voted out, if something happens with this race, there's a typo in this article. How do you? Let there was that a go? lot of opposition to this race. Yeah, we'll see who they vote in, but uh, I don't know if they can because there's contracts. Because yeah. this is has to be a multi-year deal. There has to. If there's they, no other way to it. If you're going to lose money on the first year, you're expecting to make that back and then some in the subsequent years. There's no other yeah, way. Oh, for absolutely. It. Yeah, and if the city breaks the contract, they have to hand them their money back. Yeah. Um, or at least pay him off. Yeah, because NASCAR lawyers aren't stupid. No. No, they really are not. They said there's about 10 to 12 full-time employees for the event and staff. Not like customer service people, but like executives just for this race. It's like, you know, if you put this much effort into your actual racetrack that you had, you know, Chicagoland, maybe this would have been a better thing, but whatever. Uh, That'll be a nice new Walmart parking lot. Let's see. I was looking at the. I'm trying to find the money they spent on the ad itself, but I can't exactly find it. So I'm not really going to worry about it. Community engagement. They're trying to say that they're uh, collaborating with the city of Chicago and sports commission, and they're getting public outreach, like the Cubs, and they're announcing promotional nights and all this other stuff. NASCAR night's going to be yeah. right before the race and. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be enough sponsors and TV deals and everything to make it up on the back end. Sell T-shirts. Yeah, they're they're uh, twenty five dollar beers. NASCAR was in the market seeking four founding partners of the race worth roughly two million annually. I think that's might be for their whole deal, but not. I'm not sure. Um, oh, they have to feed. They have to pay the entertainment too. Oh yeah, they got people that don't, don't care about smokers. Chainsmokers and Miranda Lambert, among others. If those are the two names that they got, and then among others, just imagine how bad the among others are. God's Um, eyes. No. That would be better. (laughs) That would be way better. I (laughs) wish. That would be better. I wish. (laughs) I I wouldn't wish my brother to have to go to Chicago. If he get paid, I'd be like, hell yeah, dude. They'd shoot him. No. (laughs) Did you see how many people on the the Chicago posts were... Saying, do the drivers have to wear drive bulletproof vests, and do they have bulletproof windows? That's the most original comment I've ever heard. Yeah. They're already bulletproof. Yeah, the windshields are already are bulletproof because they're called Lexan. Look it up. That's uh, the most original comment, by the way. Well, have I've you ever heard. seen how thick those windshields are? They have to be because they yeah. can't deform. You know, they have to be. They have to deflect yeah. race cars. Yeah, it's not like ours. They're like an eighth inch thick, and we have to brace them up or they flap in the breeze. Yeah. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're made of Hickory Motor Speedway Promoter. Yes. <laughs> All they do is deflect. Correct. Deflect, deflect, deflect. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. All right, before we jump into... Anyway, uh, can we move on to some racing? Yeah, before we jump into whatever weekly or weekend results happened and some discussion topics, I saw a tweet by uh, Anthony Alfredo with a picture that shows Atlanta, which is coming up this week, 
And it shows pit road commitment line and speed line is on the apron on entry to turn three. What? So these, yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can turn see the three. Entry to turn three is where you enter and commit to pit road. Why? It's a draft track now. And that's why. And because... It's only like 22 feet wide. Oh, so you so you want them to uh, enter pit road safe? It makes more sense now. Yeah, now that you they think could about get it, run over if they do it the old way. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. I I didn't remember last year's race for some reason, but, but yeah, I remember getting to pit road was kind of a clusterfuck if you're coming off of four traditionally. So now you have a whole backstretch that you can dive off, and everybody has to do the same thing. So I wonder if they've got like a different pit road speed or I don't know, but that's going to be boring as hell watching cars drive pit road speed all the way around. Anyway, yeah, I don't think you have to run pit road speed down there until you get to probably the line. not. It yeah, says you this... probably can just maintain a safe speed there. Nope, I can see lines. I can see lines painted on the asphalt in specific lengths. There's scoring lines in the corners. So I can see, yeah, they're, you're going to be pit road speed in turn three. Well, you're so not going to have gonna a complete... going to try and cut it way close to the wall? And... <laughs> I don't know. Everybody? Because when you're scoring lines, I, I, I know that people listening can't see it, but when you're scoring lines in a corner, this is probably greatly exaggerated, but are like this... Well, this distance, if the speed limit's 55, takes a lot. And they do it by time, not actual speed. So right. if they, this distance, this distance, how do you know how fast you need to go? They probably mark the lines on the very, very inside of the wall and then run them out. So that if you're on the very, very inside, that's where the maximum speed limit's going to be. Man, I would hope so. But they're still going to try and get everything they can out outside all I mean, the way makes, out against the racing surface. It makes sense, but you know, that's a, I, I don't have a problem <laughs> with the change. I think it's a smart change. It is for, you know, getting cars out of line and onto pit road safely, but my God, that's going to be boring watching cars go all the way through turns three and four at like 55 miles an hour. The amount of laps you're going to go down. If you pit under green is going to be massive. That's going to suck. You're going to go down three or four laps. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Anyway. All right. Why don't we move on to uh, a little bit more topical stuff, some results and talking points. From Phoenix. Sorry, they ran an Xfinity and Cup there. I did not watch if there was an F1 race. Trust me. All right. Justin Allgaier swept those first two stages in the Xfinity race. Uh, let's see here. Josh Berry got dumped like twice. Uh, that was interesting i think chandler smith got him first and then his own teammate sam mayer dumped him later sam mayer is such a shit show i don't i the what am i like i can't hate the kid because he's so likable but he just he makes dumb fucking decisions the jury is still out on sam mayer right now and it's definitely not as bad as riley herbst though oh god no i mean even even herbst has had some decent finishes lately and i can't shit on him too much but I think I think Scott Tapley said it on Twitter this weekend that things that he didn't have on his list of what was going to happen this year was you'd go the first two races with Riley Herbst not having an issue. 
<laughs> no, I think he's finished top 10 every race as well. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's crazy. But it was complete chaos with 20 to go. I think some incident took out Justin Allgaier because he had uh, he got a speeding penalty or something early, didn't he? And he was making his – no, he got off cycle because he went to stay out for the stage end so that he would win the stage. And then he was trying to come back up through the field. There was a bunch of cautions. He was coming back through, and then everybody wrecked and took him out. So it ruined his good run. Uh, Sammy Smith was strong again all day and was able to actually finish it out, and he won his first Xfinity Series race. He was, he's been strong like all year long, too. Uh, he's been a great addition to that Gibbs car. Uh, Ryan Truex, he was in a part-time JGR ride. He finished second. Yeah, I I wasn't surprised to see that. I think Ryan is underrated. I think once once he gets a couple more races, he'll probably win in that car this year. He's, he's definitely yeah. definitely going to do better than Jeffrey Earnhardt did. Oh my God, yes. Or Daniel Hemrick. Also true, except Hemrick won that one race, which won him the title. So I don't know. That's I I still don't think he's really that great. But moving on. Cup Blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Cup Series took to um, – I said Vegas, but it's actually Phoenix. My bad. All right, my hot take. Uh, Danica Patrick does just fine in the booth. Yeah, I didn't mind her this week. Seriously. There was it was a little awkward last week, but this week was fine. Like, people just bitched about it and bitched about it, and I'm listening to her. Whenever they would go to, th- like, throw to her with a question, she'd have a good answer. And I'm like, well, I – I agree with that. I can't falter. It's like, okay, you. she did just fine. I don't understand the fervor. And I'm not throwing on my feminist hat or nothing. I'm just saying she did just fine. I don't I don't see the problem here. Anyway, Eric Almarola, quote-unquote, broke a wheel. No, it fell off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it broke because it fell off. It ripped the inside lip off. Uh, and he pounded the wall. Well, I think he's lucky that they saw it that way, or else... Well, they did penalize be, him, actually. They did penalize him. Yeah, they did. Well, they said they weren't going to, and then they got the wheel, and they're like, okay, yeah, the, the whole center is still here. You're penalized. And then I watched the car come down pit road, and I saw a clip of it in slow motion after the race was over, and you didn't see a wheel nut on the hub. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a penalty. So they held him two laps. On top of him wrecking his shit. <laughs> I don't think he even continued because I think he had a broken toe link. Did he even continue? I don't think so. Um, okay, Ryan Priest started towards the back. We'll give his update. And he made his way up towards the top 15 where he kind of stabilized. And uh, he wasn't really able to move forward from there anymore. Uh, Harrison Burton, scheduled tweet, steps on his own dick and spins out with 10 to go. And <laughs> I said to you... When that happened, I had been sitting there watching the race earlier at that point. Harrison Burton was two laps down, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I know the car is not prepared in the Penske shop, but it's essentially a Penske satellite car. How the fuck are you that bad? I mean, Matt Benedetto did better in that car. Granted, it was a a car ago. Let's be fair. You know, that wasn't matter. You should have been closer now because these cars are all in the same fucking Ryan Blaney won for them, you know. Uh, Anyway, um, I I don't I don't get it. I think Harrison needs to he's not cup level talent to me. 
Not really, no. He needs to go back to trucks and Xfinity. He was good there. Yeah. Um, I also agree with that. But it destroyed Kevin Harvick's very obvious victory. Oh, God. That so, thing was so fast. Yeah, he put like three and a half seconds up on everybody else immediately. Yeah, like five laps. He was gone. <laughs> he was just, as soon as he'd clear traffic, he would pick up a full second every time. Uh, everyone pit. William Byron took two tires. Harvick lost like seven spots because they took four. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else took two tires, and that was what every every talking point was: is should they or should they? Blah 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 blah. And I don't know. Uh, I, don't know I man, think you want as much grip as possible. I think it's hard to be the leader of the race and say, "Oh yeah, we're just going to take two tires." Meanwhile, everyone else and their brother behind you could take four and just truck by you. You just. It's tough to be a crew chief because I would be fired immediately. If if say Rodney Childers even wanted to call for two tires, you think Kevin Harvick may or may not even challenge him on that? He'd be like, hey, listen, we want four tires, bro. I I I always want four s- brand new shoes. I don't know if the Kev- racetrack. Kevin really- said it in his interview. He'd rather be on offense. Yeah, absolutely. Does that mean two tires? That means four tires. Oh, okay. He's, he's he was behind his crew chief one hundred percent. I mean, if he actually got free, he probably could have done something with it. But when you're mired that far back, if you got to understand that if some only guys two are, or three guys took two tires, maybe Kevin would have had something for him. But when six do it, that's a lot of track position. You got to figure the back half of the whatever amount of cars. It's probably the top twenty. You got to figure the back half is going to try for track position. So you got to beat them, and then you're going to have a buffer zone. So it's like. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. If you go on offense, you got four fresh tires. You can beat those guys, but you got to get out ahead of them. So you got to pick two if you want to get out ahead of them. You flip a coin, basically, is what you do. I just don't think Kevin was aggressive enough on that last restart. He took the bottom, and he should have just yanked it left and gone all the way to the pit road entry. And he just kind of stayed in the middle, and someone got to his left, and he didn't really block the run. He might have. I don't know what happened, but. Fido was asleep on the stand. Well, you got to take it in your own hands at that point. Um, let's see here. Like I said, William Byron took two tires, and with a push from Tyler Reddick coming to the white flag down the what used to be the front stretch is now the back stretch, he was able to take the lead going into the that last was, corner. That was a big hit, too. He smashed him. <laughs> I was afraid William was going to be concussed and just go head on into turn one. Or Knocked him three, unconscious or from a rear impact. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so he was able to win. I think Tyler Reddick finally was able to finish out a race as well. I think he finished, what, third or something like that? I think that was his first finish this year. I think it was, yeah. Which He's had a tough start to the year, but he's finally showing where he should be. Um, I think, uh, let's see here. Josh Berry got a top 10. Uh, yeah, he's stuck in there. That was good to see. Ryan Priest, he finished up P12. Considering he was running 25th all day and qualified there. That's a win. Well, he wasn't running 25th all day. He had moved Most up the into day. the top 15 at one point. Uh, but I, I think the Ryan Priest saga is going to be kind of like me with the sportsman car, where you're getting into a new car that you've not driven a whole lot before, and now he's with a crew chief he's familiar with, and it's just going to be a communication thing. And I think as the year progresses, they're going to find the feel, like I was looking for, that he wanted in that car. Let's, yeah, let's and be I, honest. Throughout the race, they seem to progress that way. It's also a brand new package. Everybody had a brand new package this week. This is day one on brand new short track package. 
That's right. also true, yeah. So so I'm, I think the jury is still out until they can get more experience on said short track package. I this think by race new. 10 of the season, Ryan's going to be in the top 10 consistently. Yeah, once the midseason comes along. It did bring a little bit more speed to the Fords. Like, I did see the Penske cars. I mean. Had a little bit more speed. Uh, except for. Except for Joey Logano. I didn't yeah. really see him a hell of a lot. I know. Where is he, it? He was. Hail Satan! <laughs> he must have been like, frick! Chia Pets, the pottery that grows. <laughs> there you go, Adam. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He was 22nd. He won this race last year. It goes to show how different things are. Yeah, the Fords have just lacked speed all year. Except but last Harvard, year, he but... was also a turd in the spring race and ended up winning the, the, the fall race. So, By the way, have you, do you know that Chevrolet has won all four races so far this year? Well, yes, I have. And Hendrick... All their cars went to the R. All their those louvers went to the R and D center. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Now you see if they're if NASCAR's consistent, it's a single source part, right? Yep. And what yep. is rule fourteen point one? Assembled vehicle rule rules. Four, and rule fourteen point five: modification of a single source part. Now, well, what happened this time last year, Brent? Brad Keselowski and, got docked a whole shitload of money and points. Yeah, for it. this time last year, Brad Keselowski. Got docked a hundred driver points and a hundred points from from owner points, and crew chief Matt Bacall was fined a hundred thousand dollars and suspended for four races. That was for, yeah, that was for. <laughs> I forget what for, they did. I honestly uh, don't like the way they tier their uh, their penalty system. It was body work. It was body work, Brent. Oh, it was, says body parts and mounting hardware, external wrap. Texture vinyl, was, oh that wasn't tape gate either. No, it was it was similar, but a little bit towards it. But mm. but yeah, I wish NASCAR would would tier their penalties in. I mean, I guess the way they have it makes sense right now. But it's if like, you alter so, any part, you're done. I mean, it's not like they need to help. Step it up so. each time you have an offense. If you're so, if Hendrick has another offense, make the double the fine, and if they have a third offense triple it or suspend them or something like that they have tiers i i think i went over it last year when they first brought them out but yeah. uh right but it's just l1 l2 l3 l4 l5 for different types of infractions i believe I'm they also about, they also have i believe uh offender status as well gentlemen okay i think they do gentlemen i'd like to put my tinfoil hat on please okay all right, so this is so these louvers or whatever they confiscated them and put on the the, the correct ones or whatever, and the cars still were bad fast. All yep. right, they were still up front, you know, winning stuff. Okay, didn't seem to affect them a whole lot. Now I know of a few race teams that have done something like this, where they would, where they would kind of show them an illegal part that didn't matter, so that their attention was focused onto that illegal part as a kind of a sleight of hand that a magician would do to actually perform the trick behind it and and focus their attention to that to draw their attention away from something more more specific and more substantial. They've been doing that shit for years. That's what I'm thinking. Andy, Pre Andy Petrie talking about things they would do. Was it Andy or was it Everham talking about things they'd do to someone's rear bumper? Both. Where they'd 
yeah, they, they'd like massage <laughs> a certain point and make it look obvious. So NASCAR would look at that and then they the actual thing was somewhere else on on the car that they were Yeah, like, but now I'm saying because the cars were go their cars are pretty fast, you know. Yeah. Cars are pretty fast. Now the way that they do it, they have like laser scanning and they take every part off the damn car and Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't think they do what they used to do in the day when they used to shine a flashlight on it and be like, "I don't, I, like I don't know that. if it's something with the body. It could be something totally other different. You know, could be under the car. It could be somewhere else. And you know what? Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Hmm, that's fair. It, I, I wonder. I've always wondered with this scanning station. I guess maybe it can because it, you put those things on the wheels. But if you skew the body on the chassis, because I did that on the Sportsman at Thompson. Yeah. That's why my car always looked really weird when you were behind it. <laughs> but I skew the body on so when you're in the corner and yeah, you got more air hitting the side of the car to think I wonder if they can catch that in the scanning station because I know they get a quarter inch tolerance. I don't know. But an overall skew, I wonder if that's detectable. It's gotta be. There's gotta be like mounting specific they have to follow and stuff like that. Nothing to see over here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They're nowhere as dumb as Thompson Tech staff. I'm watching the video of the guy who threw the fire extinguisher at somebody else at Five Flags. Oh my Jesus Christ. We watched that live and we were dying. I saw the guy go up to the safety truck, grab a fire extinguisher, and haul ass down the racetrack. Just like so nonchalantly just grabbed it out of the back of the truck. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, here comes the car. I'm going to throw it. And then the safety worker's like, really, bro? <laughs> And he hit him right in the numbers. It was a good shot. Yeah, you got to go in the window, though, man. You got to do some damage. Well, something that heavy would probably kill the guy. That's true as well, but don't throw it if you're not going to take that risk. Throw in a radiator. What are you doing? But anyway, uh, you guys see the Denny Hamlin and uh, Ross Chastain incident at the end of that race? No, I didn't didn't pay attention. Well, Denny just kind of slid up into Ross and basically said, all right, I'm taking him with me, and he just drove him straight into the wall. And, and he said he did lifted. it on purpose. Yeah, lifted, and Ross got in front of him. And Ross brake-checked him. Ross's bumper off. Well, Ross brake-checked him down the backstretch, which was kind of funny because he was pissed. I would, too. Yeah, and then Denny went into three and tried to hit him, and it's like, bro, you hit me first, you idiot. I hate those racers. You drive into somebody, and then they hit you back, and then they think it's your fault. And it's like, you did it first, dumb fuck. I, I love Denny <laughs> Ham as a personality, but I wish that that's what all he would be at this point. Because God damn, he annoys me as a driver. He I took mean, his own good run out by running into a guy. I mean, like, he owes him for how many times last year? Yeah, and how many that's, times has he got him back already? That's what I mean. He, he already wrecked him once at Pocono. That wasn't him. He didn't wreck him. He gave him an option. Bull. He gave him an option. You he, could. He could have lifted. He forced him to do his. He forced him to wreck himself. He no. He could have lifted. You could have lifted. You have. You have a. You have a. You know, it's not a switch. You can lift your foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, could have lifted. I get it, but you know what? You know what he was trying to. It's the intent. That's what matters. Yeah. The I most. know he was messing with he him. Knew definitely. What he was doing. Definitely knew he was running him up. Oh yeah, he definitely ran him up, but never touched him. But like at this point, it's like let it fucking go. It was last year. Now you're both hurting yourselves. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know. He might have wrecked you three this is times why Denny last Hamlin year. Will never win a championship. He might have wrecked you three times last year, but 
when you wreck yourself, you're not doing anything better, you know. And and if you carry it on to to separate years and you just keep doing it, what's that prove? It just oh. proves that you're just as big an asshole as he is. <laughs> Seriously, someone must be in the wreckage, brother. And Denny, fire rises. Denny's better than this, and he just needs to chill the fuck out and race. Yeah, pretty much. Because if you want to turn it into a wrecking contest, Ross will turn it into a wrecking contest. It's well, maybe Denny's like, hey, maybe he's, maybe he heard too much of Harvick saying, hey, listen, if I'm going to be mediocre, uh, make it a show. <laughs> you know what the distance between the difference between Joe Gibbs and Justin Marks is? Uh, Justin, Justin Marks, Marks will, will look at Ross and say, go fucking kill that piece of shit. <laughs> Joe Gibbs will be like, pray to Jesus. This isn't good for our bottom line. <laughs> uh, Joe Gibbs is, I've heard, all business and not family. So, And they don't want you talking about Coy Gibbs anymore. So just let you know. Why that sounds like oh, he murdered God. him? I can't believe nobody's talked about that. Well, they said not to ask, so don't ask. Sounds. It sounds sus. sounds to me like foul play. It sounds to me like it was an over overdose. It's just very odd. Foul play. Just very odd. Little partying after the championship went wrong. A little yeah, a little nose candy stopped the heart. Yeah. They said it's too yep. much. They, it's, that's that's what my thought is here. It's too much grief. They don't want to keep reliving it, so just be quiet about it. That's literally what they said. It's yeah. like mm, nobody. Yes, asking. suppress your feelings. That's was there an autopsy? Psychology well, one well, They didn't release it because it's personal, I guess. But well, you know. Freedom of Information Act, we may be able to <laughs> figure it out. Just yeah. Uh, anyway, it's not our business, and I don't care. So. All right, I am out of notes. I Anybody got anything last candy. minute? Um, no. No? I'm sure we're missing something, but nope. we'll figure it out we'll next week. Catch I'm ready to go to time. medication they gave me. It's got me tired. My voice is going out the whole time, I swear to God. <laughs> there it is. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You'll find me in bed in about five minutes. Yes. <laughs> you can find it on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast. You can find, oh, you can send us some feedback, by the way, to Making Labs Podcast at gmail.com or have your voice heard like Adam Gator did. Go to anchor.fm slash Making Labs and pick the voicemail icon. You can go, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brent Gleason01. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. You can find Phil at at P Jake's Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'll have a new video up sometime this week. And you can find Jesse. Ooh, you suck. <laughs> Where did that come from? You can find Jesse here. I Not guess. anymore. And since my kid is asleep on the couch and unable to perform his uh, his show duties, I suppose I'll do it. So you can. Thank you for listening again. Keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. God, it's been a long time since I had to do that. Thank you all for listening. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. <laughs>